Hello. Coming to you from the great state of Utah in the American Southwest. This is Conversations at Midnight. It's a beautiful night. Gorgeous, but creepy. And usually that's kind of the theme. Whenever I say it's a beautiful night, I I usually mean it's creepy and unsettling. It makes for good shows like this. it's, uh, It's actually really nice. So, I guess I'll start off casual. First and foremost, actually, let me get this out of the way. Usually I say this towards the end of the episode, but I, I kind of I just want to say it now. If you are listening to the podcast and you frequent with the podcast, I will say, do me a favor. If you yourself have any stories, if you yourself have any canny, unsettling, unexplainable stories, please feel free to share it with me. Send me an email at stories at midnight at yahoo.com. Stories, I'm going to spell it out for you. S-T-O-R-I-E-S-A-T-M-I-D-N-I-G-H-T at yahoo. Y-A-H-O-O dot com. I'll say that one more time, please. Send it to me at stories at midnight at yahoo.com. Now, with that out of the way, I guess in more recent times, fun little recent fact about me, the other day, I dang near cut off, uh, <laughs> I dang near cut off the tip of my finger. I currently have a wrap sitting on my finger right now. It's actually kind of uncomfortable. It happened about, I guess at the time of this recording, yesterday. Um, and I was cutting an onion. I, was, I like to cook. So I was cutting an onion. And unfortunately, I guess as I was chopping it, it was, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I was cutting the onion, and it was at such an angle to where I, 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 I will admit, I was holding it weird. But I was holding the onion, and I was slowly sliding the blade. And I knew, because I was like, or I thought to myself, if I go any faster, I'm going to cut myself. So I was slowly pushing the blade, and it did like this, it like stopped. It was weird, and I still had pressure on it, but it, it just stopped. It stopped halfway. So I thought, oh, that's odd. So I went to turn the onion to see why it would stop. Was there something in the way? Did I not see something? And when I turned, then it continued to cut and it sliced right through the onion. And it cut my finger. Um, and it was insanely uncomfortable. It wasn't necessarily painful. If you know me then you understand I have an insanely high pain tolerance. Most of the people in my family do. We just do. I don't know why. We just have an insanely high pain tolerance. So, and that's my issues with cuts. They don't, they don't hurt me. They don't, 
you know, I, I don't sit there and, oh my goodness, writhing in pain like most people, which you're the, you're normal if you do that, you know, but no, for me, I just, it's just uncomfortable. That's all it is. It's just uncomfortable. It, it's annoying. I find it to be more of a nuisance than anything. It's, it's weird. I'm not sure how I, how I feel, but life goes on and you have to keep going and you know, so I put a wrap on it um, in the moment, and I really mean this, in the moment, with all the blood everywhere, it looked way worse, so when I, and if you're squeamish, and you should probably skip ahead, but I I waited, my goal was to wrap it and put a lot of pressure on it, and hopefully allow the the blood to clot, I guess, so it can stop bleeding. So I waited about three hours. Let's see, I got cut around 6.30. And I took the bandage off around 10. So about three and a half hours, I waited. And so I took it off, and sure enough, it stopped bleeding. It clotted enough, and I was staring at it. And it really, really wasn't as big as it looked with all the blood going everywhere and stuff. But enough of those gross details. Um, so that's really what, that's really the most recent current events for me, for my personal life. Don't really, it was just that uncomfortable moment and it sucked. So, but I wanted to, uh, this was a weird topic for me. As you saw from the title, and I'll always say that pretty much in every episode because you know, I don't want to like gear it up and surprise. And But as you've seen from the title, we're going to be talking about probably, in my opinion, is the poster child for anything supernatural, anything involving cryptozoology to supernatural entities and things. And that is Bigfoot slash Sasquatch. Um... I'm going to give a disclaimer. I usually have to end up doing this with certain topics, especially one like this, just because I feel like a lot of people are, especially with with this topic, a lot of people are kind of protective over this hairy beast. And I understand. I totally get it. In fact, aliens and aliens, ghosts and Bigfoot are essentially what got me into the weird and the unusual, as I perfectly put it in my bio, as how I describe this genre. I don't want to call it horror. I don't want to call it fantasy. I just want to call it the weird and the unusual, because that's what it is. The uncanny, it, it's it's weird. It's unusual. You know, like that, I, I feel like there's no other way to say it. But I understand that there's a lot of protection there's a lot of, um, it's almost touchy for certain people, for an outsider or someone new to tackle a topic that they feel really comfortable with. So I understand. I'm not against you. And I'm not going to pretend that, you know, what you're doing is wrong or anything. Uh, I will say when it comes to that reaction, that way of thinking, it makes it harder for people who have an interest 
to continue being interested in it. You know, uh, the community should be more welcoming, more caring to certain people. There's no need to make it a boys club and kick them out, you know. Oh, well, you haven't been studying it since you were a teenager, so you're not cool. No, that's stupid. No matter what your age, if it sparks your interest, come down. That's why I always say my door is open. Come in, sit down, let's let's converse about these creatures. About these beings. The thing that gets our brains going. The things that turn the gears within us. I, I love that conversation. I just do. I am... Um, I feel like this is the thing that most people always started off with. And that is this big, uh, huge, humanoid, bipedal creature within the woods. And that is Bigfoot. And the disclaimer that I was talking about is when I say Bigfoot, I know some people like to correlate Sasquatch and Bigfoot as two different things. Other people see them as one being. And then if you go down to that side of it, some people say there's only one of it. Other people say, no, there's multiple. It's a species. They're, you know, they're in groups. They're in families. If I'm being entirely honest with you, I myself do not know. I don't, I don't know if it's just a solo species if it's just one left if it's an ancient being that exists for thousands of years or if it is indeed a um, a colony if it's a small group of them in certain pockets of the world and i say the world i know some people are going to say no it's in the united states well i'm going to get into that later but i uh i say the world but I digress. The disclaimer is, is when I say Bigfoot or Sasquatch, I am referring to the same creature. I don't think that either of them are different. Bigfoot and Sasquatch, in my lingo, is the same. So, if you hear me flip-flop back and forth, if one second I'm talking about the Bigfoot, and then 10 minutes later, I go, and when it comes to Sasquatch, I essentially mean the same thing. So, without further ado, let's jump right into this. Go ahead and let's go, let's go light those candles. Let's go, ooh, if you're living in a very rural part of the country, or your respected country, I, you know what? Let me just um let me just make a little quick shout out. I, I've I've been I've been observing my uh, my analytics for the show. And I can't I can't tell you how extraordinary it feels to see the amount of um the amount of downloads I've been getting. And I've been getting them in places I never thought I would even receive this soon. I thought I would, you know, maybe the word would spread out 
much later down the line, maybe like a year after I started the podcast, but no, within what, what, four or five months, here I am having people listen to my show in Brazil. So a big shout out to my Brazilian followers. God bless you and saudades. To, uh, I also have a good amount of listeners in Europe. Um, I have listeners, I have installations in Scandinavia. That of Norway, if you if you can believe it. Um, in Oslo, I hope I said that right. But I've been received. I from according to the data. I have people in Oslo, Norway. That's so cool to me. I have people in Ireland. I have installations in London. Installations in France, in Belgium, in Germany. I even have a few downloads in Moscow. It's so cool to me. This is so cool. And, and I can't believe it. I really, and I mean this when I say it, I'm genuine when I say this, I really didn't expect anything like this. I thought surely I will probably have a consistency of 10 people and then that's it. But it's really cool to, to see this. It, 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 It makes me feel good, you know. I uh, I don't know if anybody knows the original story of my podcast. I don't I don't even know if I said it, but I will right now. If you're curious, here's the moment. I was supposed to start the podcast um, two years ago, in the year 2020, and um, I think we were. We were planning it in the summer. I say we because I was supposed to do it with a friend. It was We were supposed to co-host it and we were supposed to tackle it together. But life happened. He, he went his own way in life and I went mine. Um, and I have, before anybody thinks, oh my gosh, what a jerk. No, no, no. Listen, life happens. It really does. You can't stop it. Um. And he's not, he, he is not a terrible person at all. He's not. He's great. Um, we just, we just went our own way. You know, he's doing his thing. I'm, I'm doing mine. And do I think that we'll talk to each other again? I don't know. Probably not. Um, cause I've sort of reached out to him in the past a little bit. Not a lot to his defense. Not a lot, but you know, he, I feel like he made it clear that he's not comfortable with any sort of communication. Uh, you know, he, he has a lot on his plate. And I and I feel like the message I got from him was he has to figure himself out first before, you know. At least that's what I got. I don't know. I could be wrong. And yes, I do know what uh, what assuming does. So, I was supposed to start it about two years ago in 2020 with a friend in the summer. We were, we were going to tackle for uh, for the summer. 
and you know we planned it um i i came up with the name the name was my idea we talked about it a lot and the gentleman i was supposed to do the podcast with he was also huge into this topic into the weird and the unusual um and it just you know we planned it we talked about it we were going to do so many things for it he was going to buy all the equipment you know uh he's actually in a band so you know he 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 has a lot of knowledge when it comes to microphones and sound and you know and he got really busy so he didn't get the equipment the summer passed and you know like i said life happened so all this time passed and we and we never we never seized our opportunity whatever and and then uh early 2021 is when we stopped talking so because of that um i waited so long cuz then i decided to do some research find out which equipment's good for me and all that so if some people go you know his quality is not the best i'm sorry i'm still learning i'm still trying to over time buy equipment um i am not made of money i wish i was but i'm not i am i do have a job it it does not get in the way of the podcast if anything i get in my own way of the podcast but here i am doing this on my own and this is the point of me saying this i finally saved up some money i bought a mic i'm in a secluded room with decent um sound it's not sound doesn't really bounce around here in the background you might hear like a slight thud because my knee hits the desk or something but um sound doesn't bounce it's actually really it softens it really well in here so and i found my you know so i'm doing all this i found my place i i got my microphone i'm doing everything i can i'm researching stories i'm doing all this and i'm and and i'm telling you i'm telling you honest to god i am i never thought that it would be like this i thought not a soul would care about conversations at midnight and I was just going to do this until I got tired of it. And by me, and what does that mean? I, I, I don't know. I don't know when I get tired of it. Like, I, I, I didn't know when that time would be. It could have been a year. It could have been two years. I don't know. Um, and I'm saying that part because as I'm seeing all this, as I'm seeing all this growth, I just, I am... It doesn't make me want to stop ever. I want to keep doing it until until I feel like the life of the show has an expiration date and I meet that date. And it's just, it's so astounding to me, you know. It's so breathtaking, you know. Pushing all the religion aside, pushing all the, you know, all the cheesiness, all the human to human, heart to heart. It feels great that I'm being heard, especially in different parts of the planet. And I essentially have zero advertising. I have zilch. 
I don't have any advertising. I haven't put any money into it. I haven't done anything. And here, here we are growing fast, you know. And I don't want this, I don't want this podcast to become that, that weird kind of community where it's like, well, you weren't here when it started or who cares about that? That's not, that's not what I have this for. I have this for an escape. This is your escape. This is for, this is for people who feel like they can't talk about it in their everyday life. So they put on some headphones or they, or they turn on the speaker and they listen to somebody like me where I too am sitting in a room alone. Well, not entirely alone. I have my cat Sawyer with me. Yes, Tom Sawyer. But I call him Sawyer. But here I am sitting in a room with me and Sawyer. Just the two of us. And I'm talking about this. And I'm conversing about this. That's the joy. That's, that's the beauty of this day and age. I'm not a fan of technology. I'm not. But I would be ignorant if I sat here before you, speaking to you, talking about how technology is horrible and it has no positives, while I'm speaking on the very thing I'm talking against. There is beauty in this technology. And that's what I want to exploit. I want to exploit the good. This right here, this is, this is a blessing. And I don't, it doesn't have to be spiritual. It doesn't have to re- be religious. But this is a blessing. This is beautiful. Human beings, when it, when it comes to things like this, human beings are beautiful. And with most things, with most great things, if not every great thing, there's always the bad things. People always have to turn it into some bad thing. So, of course, the internet can be used for horrible things. But for the most part, this right here, for all I know, as you're listening to this show, you could be sitting in your car, just staring out the window, parked. You could be parked, sitting in your car, looking out the window. Looking at the sky, whether it's night or day, enjoying yourself. You could be in Japan right now listening to me. Really, you could be in Japan. And if and if you are, Hontoni Aishitemasu. Hontoni Aishitemasu. The world's beautiful. It's beautiful. You could be sitting in Miami. Sitting on the beach. And don't go to South Beach. South South Beach is a little overrated. Yeah, I said it. I'll fight you. I'm from Miami. I'll talk about Miami how I want, when I want. But South Beach is a little overrated. Go to Dana Beach. Go go somewhere over there. You'll love it. It's not as popular. You can sit back and relax. And you can just really enjoy yourself. But you have people in Brazil listening to me. It's, I can talk about this forever because it's just that astounding. But alas, I have a show to do. So to wrap up this little tangent about how much growth I've received, how much 
how much recognition. I have paid for zero advertising. I, I, I haven't made any posters. I have yet. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm actually going to talk to uh, to my good to a good friend of mine. He's the one who created the thumbnail, the the cover art. I'm going to talk to him. Uh, he might be listening right now, for all I know. But if you are, buddy, you you know who you are. Um, a good friend of mine who made the cover art. I'm going to talk to him. Maybe see if we can talk about some sort of cool poster. We can do the design. We can, you know, have this joint operation design and probably make a few posters out and stuff. I want to do things like that. You know, I want to, in the future, way later on, way later on, I want to have like a Patreon or something, you know, that'd be really cool. And uh, depending on like what happens, I can, I can like send you a, a signed poster you know, that'd be cool. That'd be really sweet. Anyway, I digress. Um, oh, that email, let me just say this as well. That email that I talk about, stories at midnight at Yahoo, it doesn't have to be just for creepy stories. You, you can send me fan mail. If you have any um, business in- inquiries, you can send it there. I, I will say, if it involves business, write down in the subject business you know, or company and whatnot. And I'll try to get a look at it. But uh, if, if it's fan mail, just just write me. I really don't mind. Uh, if, if anything, I think it'll be really cool. So, um, actually, yeah, I don't know. Maybe for business, I might have it as something else. So, but yes. Um, thank you, everybody, so much for for giving me uh, this amazing growth. Uh, it feels great. Uh, honestly, like it, I'm thankful. So, without a further ado, we're about 26 minutes in. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't help. Sorry about that. Um, but without a further ado, let's, let's jump right into this. So as you know, uh, I believe it was my third episode. I I believe it was my third episode. I talked about weird things in the woods. The weird, the creepy, the unusual. You know. I talked about those weird things. And a good friend of mine, he was on the show. I believe the code name that we gave him was Wednesday. And he spoke about how his friend... And him were in the woods. They experienced something to the point where they, uh, I guess, heard, as ironic as, as that is, they experienced the what is called the Great Silence. And for those of you who are new, you should probably go back to that third episode, uh, Weird Things in the Woods. If you don't want to, the Great Silence is where everything in the forest just gets super quiet. And when I say super quiet, I'm talking mute. Saying quiet is an understatement. It's mute. There's not a sound that happens there. And according to the sciences, behind that is that uh, usually, in a, um, in a more logical standpoint, 
the reason why everything gets so quiet is because there there's a there's a creature of the apex class or that is unknown to the other living things so they do not know whether they should continue making themselves known in fear of death because they're unaware what it could do is it harmful is it friendly you know that's why most creatures with us they don't care you know birds chirping the butterflies flapping out in the open things like that because they know they 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 know that we're not going to do anything you know but if you look at a deer right in the areas where there's hunting involved they know that that's no man's land for them or i guess in this case no deer's land and that's why they're always on edge and they get quiet because they know that we will do something but if you go to a more suburb area and deer walk through the streets and all that they don't care because they know that we won't do anything that might be a weird example but you know and that's essentially what the great silence is is we're walking through their neighborhood and you know if you ever gone on a hike through these national parks for the most part they're just you know they keep making their sounds but imagine if you're walking through a trail you're walking through and you're having a good brisk walk and you hear beautiful birds chirping and you hear the sound of the wind and it's gorgeous. And then in the snap of a finger, there's nothing. The birds stop. Instantly, they stop. And you begin to feel uneasy. You begin to feel very uncomfortable. That is what's called the great silence. And the most uncomfortable thing about that is not the idea that everything went quiet. Not, those are small details. Granted, the small things make up big things. But the biggest thing is what caused it. Which creature, which classification does it fit into for it to make everything go quiet? Let's say that there's a, that there's a hawk, right? And this is what I mean. Let's say that you have a that you have a bird of prey. A rabbit will run into its hole and hide. Um a another bird that is usually prey to these big birds will stop chirping and hide. The bird may has may have stopped chirping, but the crickets are going to keep going or the buzzards are going to keep making their sound. The cicadas are going to keep making their sounds right the bird fits into the classification as prey for that predator but imagine something that makes everything in every classification stop and hide and the only idiot creature that's still walking around dragging its knuckles on the floor are human beings we're standing there in the open. Uh, why, huh? And we're the only thing making sounds. 
We're the loudest thing in that entire forest now. Imagine that. Now, if you struggle imagining it, I have a story to tell you. It's not, it's not my own. There's a, um, there's a show. And you guys should really watch this show. I love it. I think it's great. The name of the show is These Woods Are Haunted. I'll say it one more time. These Woods Are Haunted. And in this show, they talk about pretty much stories that take place in the woods, right? I mean, it's kind of in the name. But when I was first watching it, I thought, oh, okay, ghosts, you know. And I've been watching a lot of these shows, mainly because of the podcast, um, to hear some good stories. And on top of that, so I can find the similarities between all these other stories that take place in different parts of the country. And for the for the most part, the first episode I saw did involve ghosts. So I thought, yeah, okay, it's about ghosts. But man, let me tell you something. Boy, was I wrong, and I'm glad I was wrong. Because it's more than just that. They talk about some of the weirdest creatures I've ever even imagined. One of the episodes actually talked about the skinwalker. Very interesting stuff. But of course, most most of the most of the series actually talks about topics I've already touched down. Black magic, things like that. But eventually, a lot of people start talking about Bigfoot. And they start talking about Bigfoot and sharing all these stories. And I and I heard one after another. And lo and behold, I found so many similarities. So I couldn't help but jot them down. One, the great silence will always occur. Always. Every story that they spoke about involving Bigfoot, there is a great silence. Everything just goes quiet. Two, there's a smell. There's a nasty, musky smell and the third is the insanely uneasy feeling everybody gets now hear me out i know it's like well duh but i've known many people example rats people look at rats and there's always one of two reactions oh my goodness there's a giant shriek fear excitement hysteria begins to kick in Get the ugly thing away from me, blah, blah, blah. They kick it. They scream. Some people cry, et cetera, et cetera. Others stare at it and they go, oh, it's just a little rat. Eh, who cares? There are many people, right, who react one of those two ways towards most animals on this planet. Some people think lions are cool and they're and they're so cool to look at and they're awesome and the, but then there's others who say, "Oh heck no, get that thing away from me. It can it can stay in its corner, I'll stay in mine." What I'm trying to say is every story I heard about this Bigfoot. And it's not just from the show. I've jumped online, I've looked all over the place. 
every story that I've heard involving a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch, everyone shares that same uneasy feeling. They are not okay with it. And it got me wondering, are we, let's say that it exists, because I still don't know. I like, I want to believe that it exists, but I still don't know. But let's say that it does. Let's say it's proven. Then that would mean, or is it possible that we are just mortal enemies of nature? Are we not supposed to like each other at all? Are we supposed to hate each other? Did we at some point in time actually used to used to be comfortable and I wouldn't say comfortable, but we weren't afraid to hide from each other? Was it possible that our ancient ancestors used to see these creatures on a regular basis? Is that perhaps the Goliath and the David and the Goliath story? Is that is that essentially what it is? Woodland people? Giant, woodland, hairy people? Is that Goliath and David and the Goliath? Is that what the is that what the people who wrote the Bible tried to explain? Did they see these creatures so often? That they just accepted it as norm. So they didn't point the fact of, oh my gosh, this creepy, gigantic, hairy thing came from the woods. It's horrifying. Or was it like, oh yeah, that thing, that that thing is Goliath. And it's bad. Does that make sense? Am, am I making sense with what I'm explaining? The point is is there's always that uneasy feeling. Is it possible by nature we're mortal enemies? Because there's other examples like that in nature where, where there's just certain animals who cannot get along. Their species doesn't mix with the other species and they have to battle each other. You see it in primates. You see it in birds. You see it in certain packs of canines where they just cannot get along. And they will always destroy each other. You see it in fish especially. Oh my goodness. Fish are, fish are a different level of, of heartless. <laughs> but is it possible that that is what we are? So those, those, those are the three. Those are the three major things that I've noticed. Those are the similarities I've seen. Now, the reason why I brought up that show is because there's a story that I heard from it that I could not, oh, I couldn't help but save it and share it with the podcast. And this is from my memory. I, I didn't jot down notes or anything, so forgive me if I, if I butcher it. But it's about a story. One of the stories in the show is about uh, a gentleman who was talking about in the late 60s, early 70s, maybe late 70s, early 80s, him and his grandfather used to go fishing. They go fishing, they go hunting, whatnot. 
So this event in particular, they planned to go fishing. I believe they were in Washington. I, I could be wrong. But they go out. They go to the secluded parts of Washington. They arrive to camp. They're sitting there. They got there uh, around a little later in the day. So they didn't plan on fishing. They made their tent. They sat around the campfire. They talked a little bit about life. Things like that. I believe he said he was like 10, 12. And eventually the nighttime came. The grandfather says, I'm going to hit the hay. The, the grandson joins him later on. He said later in the middle of the night, he heard walking, movement outside. So he sat up and he said that he swore he could hear something walking around the camp. So he woke up his grandfather. His grandfather looked at him, told him, eh, probably just a, just some sort of bear or whatever. Just leave it alone. And they went back to sleep. The morning comes. He gets woken up. His grandfather told him, okay, hey, come on, you know, let's go start fishing. So they begin to fish. They, 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 they begin to fish and they begin to to have some good times together. He says as they were fishing, they immediately began to smell this pungent odor. The grandfather assumed it was a skunk. So they go back to fishing and they're talking. They're talking back and forth. Pretty much a normal conversation as a old experienced man would have to a 12 year old boy and he says there was this big splash and the grandfather and him look over and he says I'm talking this was a huge splash something huge hit the water And he says that they both look towards the direction and they see nothing. And the grandfather thought, ah, must have been some sort of log that broke off the tree and fell in the water. The gentleman says, even at that young age that he was at, he he said, I I knew that that wasn't the case because there were no trees that close to the water for a branch to fall and, and hit the water. So even he thought, well, that doesn't make sense, you know, doesn't really connect the dots. Oh, I'm getting chills already just talking about it. But he says they go back to fishing and they continue to fish more. And they hear something, they, they hear this, this sort of shaking So the grandfather and him both look towards in the direction that they hear the shaking. And he says, you just see this humongous boulder. Huge boulder being thrown. It was in it. 
It was like 30 feet in the air, hurled towards them. And it was just short. It hits the water. Big splash hits. And he said, it, it, this thing was so heavy that when it hit the water, when, when it hits the water and the water moves towards the side, he said, you could see it go straight towards the bottom of the lake. And then the water, he said it was huge. And he said it was, it hit so hard that when the water shot up, it was like it was raining on its way back down. And he said it was just that much water that it felt like it was raining for like five seconds. So the grandfather tells him, run, run to the truck. And the grandfather, (laughs) classic Americano, pulls out a 12-gauge shotgun and points it towards towards the wood, towards the tree lines, just right, right off the shore of the lake. And he's pointing his shotgun and he's yelling. And he, and he, I guess he's assuming he's speaking to another human or something that speaks English. And he tells him to cut it off. He's not playing. He will shoot if something happens again. Well, it responded by hurling another big boulder. So the grandfather starts blasting. Bam, bam, bam. Shooting into the woods nearby. Shot after another shot. He must have shot probably about five or six times. As this is happening, the storyteller when he was a kid, the man who sang the story is behind his father's, his grand, excuse me, his grandfather's truck. He said he's crouched behind the rear tire. And from the, uh, from the actor's reenactment, the truck looked like some sort of 64 Chevy. Beautiful truck, short bed. He's hiding behind the, the rear tire. And he says he peeks over. And he said, I wasn't sure if my grandfather at the time saw it. He goes, but I saw it. He said it was this humongous creature. He said it looked like an ape. But he was standing on two feet. And he, and he said, my guesstimate is this thing had to be at least, keep, keep this in mind, Ladies and gentlemen, at least nine feet tall. And he said, this thing is standing there, shoulders, huge, broad, hands. He says, its hands were huge. He says, he's never seen anything like it. And this thing is standing there, staring at the grandfather. And he says he looks at this creature, at this entity, at this thing. And he says he just feels evil and dread. And this creature is standing in the tall brush. And the grandfather looks over and they, and they lock eyes. They meet eye to eye. 
And the grandfather, who I feel like has a realistic reaction, because I feel like most, most of us would have reacted this way, takes that beautiful boomstick of his, points it at that beast, and fires. A puff of smoke goes in the air. The fresh smell of gunpowder wafts near him. And the thing yells. He said he's never heard anything yell like that before. And it charges the grandfather. It charges him, runs right at him. The grandfather falls back. And he's saying that this thing is standing there out in the open now. It's not hiding behind a bush or a tree. He says this thing is standing there. And he said that his grandfather was a tall man. His grandfather stood about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, four. Six four inches. That's tall. That is a tall human being. He said this thing towers over his grandfather. Towers over him. So he said that he panicked. The boy. The boy panicked jumps into the truck, very intelligent young man, jumps into the truck and starts honking the horn on the truck. The creature, I guess, scared, nervous, confused, maybe anticipating some sort of reinforcement, looks over its shoulder straight at the truck. And the grandfather used the opportunity I believe, if my memory serves me right, he took the shotgun, shot it, and ran towards the truck. That shotgun blast didn't do a thing. It started chasing the grandfather and the truck. Man, they got into that truck, and the truck started to have issues turning it on, you know? It made that sound. But soon, as soon as those pistons fired, as soon as the pistons fired, they were off. They took off. Whew. Right right out of the gates. Boom! They peeled out. Gravel went everywhere. They left their tent, their table, everything behind. And they got out of Dodge. Boy, did they get out of Dodge, son. And just like that, they were gone. He said that his grandfather probably drove around for about an hour. Didn't really go anywhere. Probably just went in giant circles. He said his grandfather pulled over to the side of the road, put the vehicle in park, and looked over at him. And his grandfather told him, Please, let's keep this between you and I. And he says... That his grandfather kept that, he kept it to himself until a week before he passed away. One week. One week shy of his death. He then shared his experience. This is the thing. And I, and 
some people might go, oh, wow, that was interesting. No, no, no. I, I don't think you understand the severity of this. He held that to him. He held that entire story to himself. Until one week before his passing. Before the great creator or whatever called him home. Listen, I've known many men in my life. Tall, short, wide, skinny. Funny, boring, emotional, emotionless. You name it, I've seen it. It takes a special kind of something to make a man's man like that gentleman's grandfather to hold in an experience like that until one week before his death years later. This isn't just something that, you know, oh, hey, I saw um, I saw my mom, even though she's been dead for five years. I saw her in the kitchen, and then she vanished. No, 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 no. This isn't anything like that. Because you could chalk it up to you were imagining it, hysteria, etc., etc. How can you imagine that? Humongous boulders being thrown at you. Like a basketball. Think about that. You're trying to go fishing. You're trying to fish. You're, you're trying to have a good time. And something tosses a boulder. Like it's Michael Jordan. Shooting at the free throw line. This isn't... This, this, this is a boulder that weighs close to a ton. There is not <laughs> there's not that many humans on this planet that can say that they can move a ton. There's few, very few. And the size of them is enormous. But I bet all the money in my bank account that that thing whatever hurled that boulder makes those huge human beings look like pipsqueaks. Make them look like the smallest man around, huh? That that creature, that Bigfoot, makes the strongest man in the world look like Mr. Bean. Mr. Magoo. Let that sink in. Imagine something with such girth to make a humongous human being look like Yosemite Sam. And the, I guess one of the other terrifying things to take knowledge of is there's possibly more of these things, right? Because they're sighted in different parts of the world, you know. I believe in the Himalayas you have the their version or the counterpart for it, which is the Yeti. The abominable snowman. You know? Which, let's say that, let's say that, you know, that this whole thing is real, right? Let's say everything's proven real and all that. That means these things experience a sense of evolution, right? Because they're, because they're living up in the snow and their fur or their hair, whatever it would be, matches 
their region. It matches it well. You know, that's that's the interesting thing is that it matches. But there's been stories like this passed, passed around hundreds of times. Listen, there's a um, there's a documentary. I talked about it in the past, but um, David Politis. I I'm a huge fan of him. I know some people are a little indifferent. Some people don't agree with his work. Um, whether you agree about it or not, I think we can all agree at the idea that he's trying to. Um. He's trying to add his own help for missing people. You know, I'm sure some people will disagree, but he's, in my opinion, at least he's even talking about these missing people, giving them their names and faces, you know. He's talking about it. He's keeping it in the loop. And that's so nice. That's so nice to to have. But David Politis has a documentary I believe you can watch it on Hulu. It's called Missing 411 The Hunted. Well, in that documentary, he goes to a secluded spot in California. There was a camp in the middle of California. It was given the, uh, the nickname uh, the Delta Campsite. No one really knows exactly where it's at, except for the people who were a part of it. Apparently back in the 70s, it was a popular camp spot amongst one particular group. And if you were a part of the group, or if you knew somebody within the group, then you were invited. And they say it was like magic. Middle of the night, you could hear stuff and all that. One of the gentlemen who was a part of the group actually agreed to be on the documentary and he shared, he shared some of his, um, some of the recordings that he has. Now, you got to understand the recording, because I'm going to play it for you in a little bit. But um, I'm probably, you know, I'm probably going to play it as my closer. So I'll say goodbye and all that. And then, once it ends, then the show will probably end. I don't know yet. But, the gentleman's name is Ron Moorhead. Okay? He, this is back in the 70s. Him and, uh, him and his old hunting group, in the middle of the night, would hear noises and they would retreat into this makeshift shelter that they created. And what you're going to hear are the sounds from some sort of creature. And the hunters are going to repeat the sounds. They're going to try to mimic the sounds as some sort of communication. You're going to hear weird sounds. You're going to hear what sounds like talking in some language you're going to hear a bunch of weird and unusual things the thing about this audio and I'm going to read it to you right now okay I'm reading this these are the words that was written 
on Missing 411 The Hunted. These are not my words. I'm not sure who wrote them. I would believe it was David Politis. But I want to read it to you, okay? So before you hear the sounds, I'm going to read this. Ron and his team wanted scientific validation of the sounds they experienced at the camp. They submitted their tapes to Dr. Arlen Krillin, oh, Curlin, Professor Electrical Engineering University of Wyoming. The analysis revealed that the sounds were made by a creature physically larger than a man. Based on the pitch and sound, height estimate is between 7 foot 3 inches and 8 feet tall. There was more than one creature recorded. The format frequencies found were clearly lower than human and their distribution does not indicate that they were a product of human vocalizations or speed alteration. It also concluded that the tape shows no indication of being pre-recorded or re-recorded. What you're going to hear in just a few seconds are the sounds of what is at least most people believe to be that of a Bigfoot. No one knows for sure. Some people say aliens. Some some people say other things. Ladies and gentlemen, before I play this for you with my closing words, I will say, be please be careful in the woods. Try not to go alone. Really try not to go alone. Try to have a buddy with you. Have communication some way, some shape or form. If you have to go alone because of jobs, yes, there are careers that ask you to go out in the middle of nowhere. If you are one of those people, carry a satellite phone, do something. But try not to go alone and completely off-grid. I believe that these things are out there. At least I want to believe, you know. These things are, are disturbing. And we don't know, frankly, we don't know what they are. If you have a Bigfoot story, please send it to me. I would appreciate it. I would love it. I will read it here on the podcast. Thank you so much for sitting down and listening to my part one of Bigfoot slash Sasquatch. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Coming to you west of the Rockies in the great southwest state of Utah. This is Conversations at Midnight. Thank you so much. Now, as a further ado, here is the audio.
across the creek at the big rocks. shoot our way out you're just sitting there all of you are, are kind of petrified you're just waiting to, for the walls to break open and something reach in there and grab you and hold you up and waiting for the light to break in the cracks of the walls and never happened that's the strange part because you hear it over there but you don't see it over there as time went on 72 the same thing you know whatever it was we thought might be trying to scare us out maybe this is their territory but I, we don't know. We can only guess at why they were doing what they were doing. And uh, but they were observing us, that's for sure. 